0: Hello and welcome to the Morning Sports Briefing here on Tuesday the 5th of May. Uh, Hi, I'm Paul and I'll be your host today here on New Zealand Sports Radio. You can watch live on uh, our Facebook page or you can listen to the recording on your best podcatchers, that's iTunes, uh, Acast, um, Spotify, iHeartRadio, all of those. So as you're walking around or doing the housework, you can listen to our dulcet tones on the briefing today, Wellington to play in New South Wales, waxing lyrical in cricket, more NRL player indiscretions revealed, rugby slower than league uh, and rallying cancelled. And let's uh, kick off straight away with that football news. And before we get on to uh, the Wellington Phoenix story, Marcos Rijo um, is... Uh, facing well the punishment again or at least being berated Uh, he was uh, pictured with friends on several occasions over the weekend um, smoking and playing cards Uh, previously he had been seen um, playing football with his mates in the park Um, he's over in uh, Argentina at the moment and uh, they're supposed to be in lockdown until May the 10th so Uh, Clearly, he's been a naughty boy. Uh, His future at Man United was already in doubt. he'd been sent out on loan in January and only played one game this season. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him leaving uh, the Red Devils sometime soon. Also in the Premiership, more clubs um, are open to using mutual venues uh, as long as um, relegation is scrapped. Well, funny that, isn't it? Uh, Some of the teams down at the bottom who are fighting relegation, have called into question the integrity of the league if they are not allowed to play at home, um, whereas the Premiership is saying that, look, we should be t- taking a guide from the police uh, and the ground security um, guidance as to which grounds we should use. Uh, not all the grounds that were due to be used would necessarily be Premiership grounds either. Um, so, But uh, clearly, this is upset some of those teams down the bottom who are scared for their survival. We'll have to see how that one plays out. Over in Germany, there have been 10 positive um, coronavirus results from the 1,724 tests that the uh, league has taken. Uh, So uh, it looks like there are a number of players have got ill. Those were done before they were back to practice. So you've got to wonder how many people they may have infected at practice, but uh, it has been a graduated return uh, and a second wave of tests will be carried out this week. Over in Spain, the league is aiming to return in June um, uh, as, as well, and they're returning to t- training this week. Again, it's one of those graduated returns, individuals, small groups, whole teams, kind of staged levels. Coming back here, though, the, uh, the Phoenix, it looks like, Um, they may be restarting in August uh, and uh, looking at fitting in the the final six rounds in about a month uh, of uh, of time. Uh, This is all now more positive, having had that funding back that's paid by Fox Sport that we mentioned the other day. Uh, And there is a suggestion that basically all the players uh, go to one or all the teams go to one location, have a bubble uh, and play there for four weeks. Uh, Now, the um, union boss, John Dioluca, uh, has come out and said, look, our players are used to going away on international duty for this sort of stuff. So it's going to be a no a big deal for them. Um, and it's not the extended bubbles that he's going to see uh, for some of the other sports. Um, he does point out, though, that some players, uh, especially over in Perth, have not been paid since March. Um, so that's over a month that they haven't been paid. So uh, and also there is calling into question as to if they do receive in August, um, a lot of the players' contracts run out at the end of June, uh, and they maybe have other contracts lined up, which might be worth more, or they might be uh, moving overseas. So, how many players will the teams still have? Whilst FIFA has, has recommended extensions, some players may not want to do that extension. Um, it is not a, uh, it's not, it's not enforced, uh, and some players have only got. Sorry, some teams have only got ten players signed up for next season. So, still a lot of questions there for the clubs to sort out. But as I say. They're looking at doing that in August, so they've got the best part of um, three months to get their act together on that one. Let's find out who or what is Waxing Lyrical over in the cricket, as I hand you over to Ashwin.
2: Good morning, Paul, and good morning, listeners. Yes, in cricket news, Cookerborough developing a wax applicator to replace body fluids to maintain the ball. With officials opening up the idea or the prospect of allowing, looking at options to maintain the ball, Cookaburra have come with a wax formula on a little sponge that'll be used to apply polish to the ball. Brett Elliott, the Cookaburra's uh, group managing director, believes it could be ready in a month. So let's stay tuned and see what happens on that front. Obviously, we still have to wait for the ICC and MCC um, rule makers to actually authorize or allow um, officially the uh, maintenance of ball utilizing something other than body fluids. But it um, looks like there's a pro- development happening there. Cricket Australia will soon have a line of credit of $50 million through their long-term partner, Commonwealth Bank. This won't go down well with the 200 Cricket Australia staff who have taken a 20% pay cut until the end of June, which was supposed to save them $3 million. Also not happy is the Players Union, who believe that CA will have $50 million in reserve by the end of June, as well as now the $50 million loan, which they'll get from Commonwealth Bank negotiations still continue about a 25% pay cut with the state associations who obviously now have their two cents to say. Now this is all in line or on, on top of the fact that it's looking likely that they'll be able to play a series of behind closed doors with India which will bring in 300 million dollars on that series alone. So stay tuned for uh, financial developments with Cricket Australia. English Cricket Board of asking The government for backing for allowing games behind closed doors as well but in the in in the uk in order to save the game from financial ruin tom harrison who is the ecb's chief executive will front a digital cultural media COVID 19 committee hearing along with other four other governing bodies they will be representing at that committee hearing to look at how they can proceed ecb still holds out hopes that West Indies will be able to tour this summer and play their games behind closed doors. And obviously it'll come down a lot to what the outcome of this committee hearing is.
0: And that's our cricket news for today, Paul. Thank you very much, Ashwin, for that. I'll hand you now over to Stephen. He'll take us through our birthdays today. Well, thank you, Paul. And good morning,
3: everybody. And birthdays this morning, a one-test all-black, a dynamic hooker with a big future and a female Olympian. Jamie Lovett, born this day, 5th of May, 1988, in Whakatane, is a New Zealand canoeist. Lovett, who turns 32 today, represented New Zealand at the 2016 Summer Olympics. She competed alongside Caitlin Ryan, Kayleigh Emery and Amy Fisher in the Women's K4 500m event. Of Māori descent, Lovett affiliates to Waikato Tainui and Ngāti Raukawa. Moving on, Asafo, junior Amua, born this day, the 5th of May, 1997, is a New Zealand professional rugby union player. Amua, who turns 23 today, plays as a hooker for New Zealand's super team, the Hurricanes and the Lions at provincial level. The promising hooker picked up the New Zealand Age Group Player of the Year in 2017 and has since represented the All Blacks on two occasions. And finally, Benjamin Alo Charles Atinga, Born this day, the 5th of May, 1983, in Auckland, is a former New Zealand rugby union player who plays at centre and fullback. Artinger won multiple world titles for New Zealand at under 19, under 21 levels between 2001 and 2004. Artinger, who turns 37 today, played one test for the All Blacks against Tonga at the 2003 Rugby World Cup after being called into the squad. As an injury replacement, Atinga played most of his career locally for Auckland and the Blues, but had one season with Otago and the Highlanders. Yeah, quite interesting. He's one of those players when you talk about eligibility who only played one test for the uh, All Blacks and uh, it makes you kind of wonder if he's the sort of player that should have been released to played for his uh, Pacific Island. Not too sure whether he's Tongan or or Samoa, but I think that's the sort of player we, we talk about when we think of eligibility, Paul.
0: Yeah, it is. And on Hash Rugby Chat this evening, we will be talking about how the World Rugby Championship votes went. Uh, obviously, Bill Beaumont was the winner over Augustin Puchot for that. And one of the things that Beaumont is, said he will review is those eligibility rules uh, around those. So maybe we'll we'll be discussing that and whether it's part of one of the reasons that Fiji and Samoa both backed him over Augustine Pichot. So join myself, Stephen Harris and John O'Connor for the Hash Rugby Chat this evening at 8pm. Also in rugby news today, Sansa, I've come out and said, look, there's all these rumours over the weekend as to what the future structure of Super Rugby will be. But the Um, Current four parties have all signed up to Super Rugby for the next 10 years. uh, And also for the next five years, they have agreed a structure uh, and a a tournament structure for both the Super Rugby and also the Rugby Championship with their broadcast partners for the next five years. So they say that, look, everything that is being discussed at the moment is pure rumour in the press uh, and that actually nothing is currently agreed or uh, even under discussion between the Sanzar parties to happen. So we'll see how much of that is, uh, whether how much discussion is really going on and how much that is actually and whether things will actually change or are we up for status quo for the next four five years. Over in Australia, um, and it has been rumoured that um, the uh, uh, Australian Olympic boss may be replacing Ray, uh, Sorry. Um, Railing Castle, that is Matt Carroll. Um, he has said that, look, whenever this job becomes available, I'm always spoken about, um, but I haven't spoken to Rugby Australia. I don't know where this has come from. So he is denying it, uh, but um, he is an old rugby boy. He has been part of Rugby Australia previously uh, between two th- to 19, start again. 1995 and 1999. And he has also uh, had the chief executive role at the Waratahs um, as well so and he was also general manager of the 2003 rugby world cup that was hosted in Australia so clearly uh, he has got strong connections with rugby Australia but he's denying that um, he will be taking over that role former Wallabies captain Paul McLean has been act, has been the acting executive chairman since Railing Castle stood down um, but it looks like that um Wiggs will be the person to replace him in, at least in the short term. Uh, he obviously, him obviously of the uh, uh, investment company and also uh, V8 Supercars. So it looks like he will be stepping up into that role. But uh, again, this is all rumour. And let's be honest, Australian rugby has been a a a, 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 a bed of rumours for us in this time of lockdown. Um, and as I say, rugby was is moving slower than league. Uh, and it looks like they, and they've just submitted their 29-page return to play manual to the federal government. The NRL are obviously ahead and already uh, on a, a long way down their path to returning. Rugby Australia is somewhat behind. Unsurprisingly, when you consider the, the turmoil they've been going through in their administration. Um, so whilst the NRL is lo- um, looking at returning on May the 28th, and I'm sure we'll get an update on that from Stephen soon, Super Rugby, the Super Rugby sites are looking at um, uh, starting in early July, a couple of weeks later, uh, and also there that is looking at being they've two they've put two um, pieces to, or two proposals together uh, involving the four Super Rugby franchises plus um, the Force, so an, an, a five game tournament um, competition, and then also a six game competition uh, including the Sunwolves. They are waiting on the cabinet meeting that's happening on Tuesday, um, but what has really perked up some ears. Is that Jacinda Ardern, the New Zealand Prime Minister, will be attending that cabinet meeting, um, and so obviously the prospect of a trans Tasman travel um, bubble has uh, is, is 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 obviously on everyone's minds, uh, and they're wondering whether hey, could we actually have a cross Tasman competition? Um, so it's going to be interesting to see what comes out of that uh, council meeting. Oh, sorry, that um, cabinet meeting, uh, and why. Uh, Jacinda Ardern is there it's unprecedented that she is there uh, and obviously that level of cooperation between the two governments does make it look like there is a possibility of travel between the two countries and would be fantastic for sport that's your rugby news I'm going to hand you back over to Stephen who will take us through our league update oh thank you again uh, Paul
3: well just when you thought the uh, the fires of the NRL player discretion have been doused Kangaroos coach Mel Meninga has confirmed Latell Mitchell and Josh Adukar were out late the night before Australia's shop loss to Tonga last season. The Sydney Morning Herald reported that the pair's camping trip was not their first indiscretion, and it again places doubts around Mitchell's professionalism. I didn't know it until after the event, but they were out scootering until pretty late, Meninga told the Sydney Morning Herald. Look, they were not out drinking alcohol, our security made me aware that they were out until about 1 or 2 a.m. There were players from other teams as well. Meninga is one of Mitchell's biggest supporters and defended him despite the Rabbitohs signing and facing criticism criticism for his commitment in that loss to Tonga. I know we didn't have the best game with his hands, but there is no doubt he tried very, very hard that evening, Meninga said. The effort and competitiveness was there. It was, probably wasn't the best preparation but they were not alone in doing that. However, Meninga admitted during the the week that Mitchell and Adokar had placed their kangaroo hopes in jeopardy by showing they couldn't be trusted during the COVID-19 lockdown. And just finally in league news, North Coast player Bryce Cartwright has reportedly been asked for a please explain after refusing to have a flu shot by the NRL. Cartwright and his wife were anti-vaxxers and have not been shy about going public with their views in the past but in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic and the rugby league fighting to survive the nrl has put in place extensive and strict protocols which clubs and players must adhere to there's a fear if one person tests positive the entire competition might be shut down on monday a number of people were turned away from club sessions south sydney players latrell mitchell adam reddles and Liam Knight were all sent for tests as well as Roosters coach Trent Robinson. The previous day, Warriors player Nathaniel Roach was ordered not to get on a plane with the team due to symptoms, but his test returned negative. The NRL has the power to ban Cartwright from training and playing if he does not comply and get the shot required. Just a footnote on uh, those players, Latrell Mitchell and Adam Reynolds, and of course Liam Knight, they were all showing uh, flu symptoms, and that's why they were sent for tests. Haven't heard anything back. Hopefully we'll know a little bit more when I'm back here for the league
0: news tomorrow morning, Paul. Hey, Rich, Stephen. And wasn't one of the players who uh, was on that cultural camp, wasn't isn't one of them that, that's had the, the symptoms, so may have passed it to other players uh, who were there. So, yeah, that was a clever move um, mm. by them. Uh, it's interesting, isn't it, that one test might be enough to stop uh the the nrl whereas over in germany we've had 10 tests uh that come back positive already for the bundesliga and they are still powering ahead so yeah different uh standards being used around the world um coming back now to uh new zealand sorry i've took myself off the the screen there coming back now to new zealand and we're going to go on to motorsport now motorsport is going to be a big part of this last section and uh Unsurprisingly, the New Zealand Rally Championships um, have now been uh, been cancelled for um, this year. Uh, the domestic that's the domestic competition, um, but uh, what the there is a prestigious um, World Rugby, sorry not World Rugby, World Rally Championship um, event to be held in uh, New Zealand this year, as the Australian venue um, had deemed to be too small, and they were looking for a new venue. So this was going to be a one-off. Uh, event for new zealand uh not an ongoing event so it was going to be the first time it happened here in a number of years uh now that is uh, uh is definitely uh, is under is under doubts as is the auckland round of the supercars um staying on rallying for, for, for the moment the portugal uh rally in and the um argentinian rally in april and june had already been um cancelled as has the uh the Italian one so look three rounds have already been cancelled or postponed the obviously the, the New Zealand one they would love to get that um, redone later in the year but we'll have to wait and see what, what will happen with that one on the site on the supercar side of things uh, while well, supercars look at coming back it's also looking coming back without crowds um, so there's a big question mark is is it worth the expense of flying all of the equipment over to New Zealand for one race when there'll be no crowds at that race. So at the moment, they are looking into whether they will be hosting, or whether they will come over to New Zealand for a supercars round, super round, or whether they will host them all in Australia. As it's on the TV, um, obviously that doesn't, uh, that for, for fans, it doesn't make much difference, but uh, you've got to say that you'd hope that wouldn't mean that this round would get canceled um, permanently. Moving on to Formula One, and they have agreed new budget caps of 145 million US dollars for next year, plus um, other reduction reductions over the future years as well. Um, you will remember that uh, uh, they were looking at trying to get down to 100 US dollars. Uh, we discussed this about a couple of weeks ago, um, but the, uh, they've ended up with a compromise between the 100 million that they had wanted and the 100 million, so ended up with 145 million. Um, We'll just have to see how that progresses over the future years. A lot of the teams cannot afford the same money that the top teams in Red Bull and Ferrari can. Moving on to the, off the actual track and onto the computer, and um, Stoffen Vandenberg is apparently, is fantastic at qualifying, but not quite so good um, at starts, it appears. He uh, uh, qualified for the pole position of the grid for two races over the weekend, and managed to um, stack his car in the opening yards in both races. Um, he is a, he's a Mercedes Formula E driver, um, and uh, on the first race on Saturday, yep, he crashed within a few meters, uh, causing a mass, um, ca- causing mayhem. And the, then, um, the following day in Formula's official esports series, he also put it into the wall. But managed to recover um, and finish uh, in the top ten. So, if, um, interesting there. Uh, this does show the difference between uh, kind of you know, esports and actual driving. Is that yeah, uh, the, the, the drivers on esports when you when you are in, in a the real life drivers are perhaps not taking it quite as seriously on there or taking more risks at least because they're not they know there isn't the, the chance of um, physical uh, damage. Um, and there was a uh, world, uh, well, a touring cars one done in Australia, which, well, yes, pretty much every single car seems to have a pile up within the first five corners. Um, but uh, I think damage was turned off. So it all kept going. Finally, uh, in NFL news, unsurprisingly, the four games that were planned to take place in London have now been cancelled. There were going to be two games at Wembley and two games at, um, Hotspur, at Tottenham's new Hotspur Stadium. Uh, but they have obviously been cancelled because of difficulties with travel. Uh, so unsurprisingly, that as has happened. That is makes you up to your son. Oh, yeah. Tongue tied there today, this morning. Sorry, boys. <laughs> you have started the, the day your best way. Uh, and you are now up to date with all the important sports news. Don't forget to join us at 8 a.m. every morning on our Facebook page here at New Zealand Sports Radio. Or you can listen to us whilst you're walking around or doing the housework um, on the iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or Acast as well. Jeez, boys, um, hopefully I'll manage to untie my tongue by 2 o'clock today because we'll be streaming <laughs> Olivia McDonald's uh, interview with her. Uh, she is an international volleyball player. Oh, for a beach volleyball player, um, so uh, check in for that. Thank you very much, Ashwin, and thank you very much, Stephen, for today.